Hey there. I'm sure you know about the Capes and Lunatics podcast, but have you heard about the Capes and Lunatics Sidekicks podcast? It's a fun home for classic and new reviews of just about everything. We have the Ultimate Spider Cast, where we cover everything Spider-Man. The Quantum Zone, where we talk the classic Marvel character Quasar and do deep dives on the cosmic side of Marvel. We also have Comic Capers, where we cover everything old and new in comics. It could be anything, any company, any decade. And we also have our Media Mondays, where we cover some kind of TV show, be it a Arrowverse uh, current hit or our summer specials, where we do reviews of uh, classic episodes of the Buffy the Vampire Slayer spinoff Angel. So, if you're a fan of pop culture and media, you should really check it out. And I promise you, you won't be disappointed. Hi, this is Terry Kavanaugh, and you're listening to Into the Night, the Moon Knight podcast. Yes, welcome back, Looney listeners. You are listening to Into the Night, the Moon Knight podcast. This is episode 163, and you are with your High Priest of Conchu, Ray. So welcome, welcome again to another episode dedicated to that fantastic Marvel character, Moon Knight. Uh, it's um, Things are looking good, this, uh, this moon in the sky. It's a, it's a waning crescent. So with that, Conchu uh, decrees that we do a Lunapic Classic Run review. So for listeners that aren't privy to our, our show, uh, basically our segments um, are dictated by the phases of the moon. So tonight, if you look up into the night sky, there is a waning crescent. Um, I'm always reminded as well that... I don't have immediately available the chart for for any loonies that may be may be listening and and want to know when segments are on, such as I don't know the moon and stars where we look at moon night on film that's on a full moon. Uh, I know the new moon we do our Ilara sessions, so uh, I'll put that up somewhere, make it readily available for everyone. But hello, hello everyone, welcome to the show. It's just Ray flying solo for this episode tonight. Uh, but I'm looking forward to it, as mentioned, a classic run, and I'll be going through Moon Knight Volume 1, Issue 15, Ruling the World from His Basement, and this is by that classic super team, Doug mentioned Bill Sienkiewicz, so, uh, so this should be a good one. Anyway, as always, a huge thank you to our sponsors, uh, top of the bill, our Patroonies, our Patreon members, so a big thank you to the likes of Dustin, Justin, Wayne, Jordan... Josh, James, Russell, and Anthony. I got you in there, Jordan, this time. I'm um, sorry about that last week. But, uh, yeah, a huge thank you to our Petrinis who not only listen to the show, but they support it uh, by by backing us with, with a bit of coin. It's really highly appreciated. Um, managed to this year hit our second goal. So uh, let's keep it going. And uh, I'll plug the Patreon page again towards the end. But uh, if you can consider... Becoming a Patreon member, it will be worth your while for sure, don't you worry. Also, our two other sponsors, Hello Headphones, empowering gamers to play at their best. Check out their online store if you need uh, some new headphones. If you want to hear 
into the night in in a crisper format. Uh, get get yourself some uh, some good headphones, and we've got some discounts for you as well. And finally, Dreamland Comics from Schoenberg, Illinois, the superhero superstore. Again, we have some discounts there if you shop online uh, and you quote our show. So a big thank you to to um, to all our sponsors. Well then, loonies, since it's just yours truly, uh, I can't really do an idle chat unless, well, I am chatting to you, but uh, it's a, a little difficult doing it by myself. Needless to say, uh, I've been, I know, just busy around the traps doing, um, reading a lot of comics. Um, I I managed to, um, what did I finish? I did finish a an epic collection, finally. It was... Uh, Oh yeah, that was oh, that was a while ago. It was uh, the Incredible Hulk Volume One, um, but uh, currently reading, no surprises, some Spider Woman. Um, I'm reading some Spider Man Epic Collections, Craven's Last Hunt. Uh, I posted that up in the group. Some of you may know I'll be jumping on in, in October uh, on the show, The Signal of Doom, and uh, we, we'll be looking at that whole Epic Collection, which includes Craven's Last Hunt. It's a it's a brilliant run by J.M.D. Mateus. Um, just reading the usual. I mean, I, I've got to give these guys a shout out just because I, I love their show so much. So a big shout out to you've heard last week, uh, the Drop King Phil Phil Perich from Capes and Lunatics and Capes and Lunatics Sidekicks. Um, I'm an avid listener, and I I urge anyone that loves comics, give their shows a go. It's great. It's so varied, um, and there's something for everyone there. So um, going back to what. You know, I've been saying what I've been reading. Uh, I've been reading a lot of the comics that they are in turn going to discuss. So uh, I've been introduced to Star Blast. I know some of you may or may not know that 90s mini event. Uh, incidentally, I, I actually posted a bit of a, a competition on our uh, Facebook group. Uh, I guess where I think I might do it if I do see more obscure appearances of Moon Knight, but uh, it was essentially a, a guess where this panel's from, which features Moon Knight, and the first loony to respond to it, um, they will get a sticker, and I'm glad to, I'm proud to announce that uh, loony, uh, the Rick Ball special, Rick Gentusa, you came in quite quickly there with that response, uh, and it was Star Blast number one which was uh, um, showed Moon Knight there, kicking Trump, believe it or not. Um, not the Trump you're thinking of. It was a, a uh, I believe it might have been a Daredevil villain. Um, but anyway, uh, so I've been reading, yep, Star Blast, stuff like that. Uh, been catching up on my Clone Saga. So again, off the back of our last episode, 162, whereby uh, we, we managed to speak to industry legends Terry Kavanagh and Howard Mackey. Um, I've just been reading more of the Clone Saga, more of the Scarlet Spider for uh, my stint over at at Capes and Lunatic Sidekicks, um, the Ultimate Spider Cast. The last Tuesday of every month, uh, we cover Scarlet Spider, and um, I joined Phil and another co-host, Matt, who also does the Quasar podcast. Anyway, Loonies, please check it out. It's really great. I leave I leave feedback there on that show just because I I love. Uh, following the the titles that they read, um, and I can't urge you enough to to just check it out. You can actually catch them on live stream as well if you're in the US or if you're in Australia and you you want to wake up early enough or stay up late enough. Uh, but it's a lot of fun interacting with those um those crazy co-hosts there. So I just wanted to give them a bit of a shout out. 
what else have I been reading? Uh, mainly a lot of Spider-Man stuff, I guess. Um, been rereading some of the old Moon Knight. Um, that's been pretty cool. Um, but yeah, that's about it. Nothing much has happened in the week. What's happened, Ray? Rambling Ray. What else has happened? Nothing too fantastic. The boys have come out. I haven't I haven't watched it yet. I'm so far behind on TV. Anyway, enough of that. White noise. Hmm. Again, nothing much there to report for Moon Knight. Um, I mean, nothing for for a while, I imagine, unless there's some news on the comic book front. Uh, I don't think we'll hear that much on the TV front for a while. I mean, we're just stuck with what we know, Jeremy Slater, Bo DeMeo, um, on the TV production side of things. No casting as yet. Um, I think Disney Plus have their priorities elsewhere. Um, the likes of Miss Marvel, She-Hulk and, and Moon Knight will just take a little bit of a backseat for the meantime, um, just due to some of the delays with with the pandemic and COVID and stuff like that. So no news uh, with any of that. Right, well, we might as well crack into it, loonies. Uh, we're going to go into our Lunapic Classic Run review. So as mentioned, it is a waning crescent. And this is titled... Um, Moon Knight Volume 1, Issue 15, Ruling the World from His Basement. Uh, now, this is available on floppy format, um, but you can also get it on digital. So whether you are a, a Marvel Unlimited subscriber or on Comixology or on Kindle, you should be able to find this one. Um, I'll, I'm going to be reading this and uh, referencing it from the Epic Collection that I have, the Moon Knight Volume 2 Epic Collection, Shadows of the Moon, which is available available, but also it is available on the older out-of-print Moon Knight Volume 2 Essential Collection, so the old, I guess, newspaper, is it newspaper stock, black and white, um, really good, actually, really good uh, reading Moon Knight, just in that stark kind of black and white, uh, and in that kind of fuzzy print, um, but I'll be I'll be referencing it from the Epic Collection, which uh, has its vibrant colours, one and all. <laughs> um, uh, so... I guess for listeners that haven't heard before what we usually do, and I haven't done one of these um, Lunapic Classic Run reviews for a while, um, generally I'll, I'll go through the credits, those responsible responsible for making uh, this issue possible, um, followed by a bare bones, which will be courtesy of Wiki, and it is a synopsis, in case you haven't got the issue, uh, but you'd still like to follow on with this episode, uh, I'll read out a short synopsis what I like to call a bare bones, uh, just to summarise what this issue is about. Then I'll kind of go into aspects, and uh, I'm going to jump from stuff like writing, art, themes, like any underlying tones, characterizations. We're talking about voicings for character characters, any uh, any potential new takes on characters, anything outside the norm, and uh, and finally any references to other runs, uh, just to flag. Um, for for this issue, finally, I'll be looking at doing a moon rating, and we do have two vi- we do have two rating systems. One is the vanilla rating based on the phases of the moon. It's pretty straightforward, pretty self-explanatory. Full moon, that's your ticket. That's uh, that's ten out of ten. Blue moon is exceptional, uh, and we also have the Connor shoes rating system. Uh, my old co-host Connor Connor shoe, uh, he's made a patented system. Uh, marked from 1 to 10 from his perspective of what a moon means to him. 
Anyway, uh, so let's get into it, loonies. Uh, so as mentioned, uh, available on all those sorts of formats. Uh, this was published in January 1982. We have writer Doug Mensch, penciler and inker Bill Sienkiewicz, colorist Chrissy Skeel, letterer Joe Rosen, and editor Denny O'Neill. As for the bare bones for this issue, I guess it could be summarised thusly. Someone is attempting to assassinate foreign dignitaries and at one point Moon Knight is witnessed as the assailant. Spectre isn't responsible as far as he knows, but a string of headaches has him worried that a rogue personality may be acting outside his memory. His fears are allayed when the culprit makes a subsequent appearance in a rat costume and calling himself Xenos. It turns out to be Police Sergeant Gwen, a covertly racist and xenophobic conspiracy theorist uh, that had taken Moon Knight as inspiration, seeing him as a great white knight until witnessing his hero save the life of an Indian woman and became disillusioned. In their final showdown, Xenos is sneaking up on Moon Knight but accidentally steps on a rat trap alerting his target and leading to his defeat. That actually was a a very succinct... I'm very impressed with whoever wrote that for Wiki. Um, That is a very, very cool nutshell of what this issue is all about. Uh, It really really covered everything. I, I really cannot add or subtract anything from that. Um, so anyway, overall impressions for this issue. Uh, I guess, um, considering off the back of the previous issue, which was issue 14, which featured Stained Glass Scarlet, uh, this, uh, by some, I guess, in some respects, was a little disappointing. Uh, for me, what I think, and I'm only assuming here... Um, there was a, a bit of a, a punchiness there at the end where, like, the irony of when Xenos or Sergeant Gwen got um, a stepped on a rat trap and it alerted Moon Knight and it enabled Moon Knight to defeat uh, Sergeant Gwen. I feel kind of like Doug Mensch built a story around that concept because uh, it was a pretty... I did find it quite funny, actually, that... Um, and it was so unexpected, but um, the irony was, was quite sweet for me. Uh, I don't know, I just have this feeling that maybe Doug Mensch built on that little kernel of an idea to build a whole story. Um, overall, though, it, it does bring up some interesting, uh, I, I guess, some interesting ideas in the story about Moon Knight, about his supporting characters. Um, I felt the... Uh, the character was a, the villain was a little um, I don't know I guess a little corny and just a little not right. <laughs> he just obviously seems like a one one and done villain. So there wasn't too much to him. Uh, even the the costume design, the aesthetics was very strange. It was literally he was literally dressing up as a fully grown rat. Um, but anyway, let's let's get into some of the details here. I'm almost starting to do that, but um, so for writing, okay. So uh, as I mentioned, it seems like the rat trap that was the little kind of concept that Doug Mensch decided to build the whole story around. On top of that, 
he he fleshed it out to being okay. So who who is the villain? It's this guy who's basically a, a, a xenophobe, um, a racist as well, um, and he wants to basically cause trouble. What what I was thinking though was okay. So he's aiming for foreign dignitaries. Fair enough, but I was still trying to kind of grapple as to what his strategy was. Uh, was it just to cause? Was it just an act of terrorism, like just to, to cause fear? Um, was it a strategic move to, say, remove that, that Japanese foreign dignitary for some reason, to actually stop something, stop a potential process? Uh, it just didn't seem to have been explained well enough as to what his overall strategy was. Or it could have been just that he was he was, uh, he was as as mad as a hatter and and he was just kind of going aimlessly doing willy nilly stuff just, just for the sake of it. Um, so anyway, uh, it was an interesting take. Um, I did find, albeit his strategy being a a bit weird, uh, it was a very interesting idea to, yeah, to, to, to have this villain as, as this essentially a racist, a hater of foreigners, uh, and, and a xenophobe. Um, and of course, what we see in here as well is that there is a, an, an affiliation or an influence, at least, um, with with Adolf Hitler. So immediately, you know, red flag. We we know without a, a shadow of a doubt that this guy is is bad, um, and and he's the guy that we should be uh, rooting against. So. Uh, Interesting, and and looking back on it now as well, I didn't pick it up again. Brilliantly written by the 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 wiki, um, Moon Knight at the beginning, he he saves an Indian woman from a falling tree branch, and when I was reading it, I was kind of thinking that's a, a really that's an odd thing to kind of point out, you know. And and why did Doug Mensch make it so specific a uh, an ethnicity for this woman? Um, but I guess at the end of the day. As the wiki explains, it actually explained it a lot better. The fact that Moon Knight saves her um, disillusioned Sergeant Gwen, um, who who had previously looked up to Moon Knight as the White Knight, and and I get I kind of get it then. You know, um, there was a reference of they didn't know whether it was a a rogue clansman, um, you know, who caused the crime, but essentially, uh, uh, you know, Gwen had said. Oh, actually, I'm I'm picking up a, a, an inconsistency. I was about to say Gwen had said no. He was pretty sure it was Moon Knight. That's why they set up this sting. Um, and I thought this was a cool thing. Um, this this sting that Detective Flint set up to to kind of trap Moon Knight. Um, if we're talking about characterizations, I was a little taken aback by this behaviour of Detective Flint. Um, it seemed that initially in the Mensch run, he really went on. He went out on a limb to to trust and have faith in Moon Knight, and there seemed to be some sort of rapport between the two. Uh, in this issue, he seems to have forgotten that and and hold Moon Knight suspicious um, of uh, of the actions. He's been accused of something, uh, and he hold uh, he's suspicious of Moon Knight, uh, which I would have thought may have been against his character because he took that leap of faith with him to begin with. I mean, so it was kind of like, why why now? Why has he lost his faith? Um, I, I kind of understand it because what Mensch does 
really well. He ties it into this idea. I mean, Flint says it himself. He says, you know, good eggs can go bad. You know, that's happened. And what we see at the end of the the, uh, the story is that Sergeant Gwen, who, who what was it? Um, he had nine citations of bravery uh, in the line of duty, uh, 14 years on the force. So he was an upstanding uh, sergeant, a police officer, uh, but he went bad, and and I guess that was the the whole thing as well. Um, and Flint says it at the end. Well, as I told you before, Moon Knight, good guys can go bad, and and this is exactly what happened. But having said that, to get to that point, it just seemed that it went against the character of, of Detective Flint. Um, so anyway, going back to another thought, which I I just came about when I was uh, describing, I guess Sergeant Gwen and his racism and stuff. Now, in the wiki, though, it did say that he became disillusioned of Moon Knight because he saved the Indian woman. Now, this happened after the sting had been set up. So Gwen must have been disillusioned with Moon Knight before, uh, before that incident that he saved the Indian woman from the falling tree branch. So it does make sense there. That wiki, that wiki excerpt, I think, is wrong in that sense, um, because. Sergeant Gwen and uh, and Detective Flint are already there trying to trap Moon Knight, and even then Flint says, "You know, are you sure um, you thought it was Moon Knight who who did those, uh, who who took out that assassination attempt on the on the uh, foreign dignitary?" Um, so by that stage, he, by that stage, he had already lost faith in Moon Knight, uh, which is a shame because I kind of like the way that the wiki had described it. Uh, that would have actually played in a lot better uh, and actually given a lot more purpose to Moon Knight saving an Indian woman, someone of a particular ethnicity. Um, otherwise, it's just a really random point and it's very subtle. I mean, if it wasn't for the fact that it was uh, mentioned in the wiki, I don't think I would have picked up on it at all. Um so yeah, uh, so going to that. As for writing again, uh, what I found jumping back to the to the ending, um, because what Mensch does, he really does lead us astray, because we do see towards the middle of the comic, uh, we see Xenos and and him unmasked actually, and we see him buying stuff from the groceries, buying something, buying the the, the soldier outfits for his his rats, um, and walking back home. Are smiling to all these diff- these people of, of different backgrounds, but then as they walk past, he has this kind of grizzling look on his face, and uh, Menge leads us astray here um, with the simplest of, of techniques, and basically it looks like a different guy, so uh, we can't tell. For all intents that we know, this is a different guy. Um, so we have a face to the villain, but at the end, what I'm going, what I'm getting to- towards is that. It's a really kind of like a Scooby-Doo ending. I mean, uh, and Moon Knight um, takes off the rubber mask and it's Sergeant Gwen underneath. Uh, I found, I don't know, I find that a little unfair <laughs> in the sense that uh, it's an. it seemed like an easy way out. I mean, again, technique-wise, we are led astray by, by visually seeing a different villain. Um, but then... It being Sergeant Gwen, I mean, how how could we know? You know what I mean. We have no, uh, we have no chance of figuring that out because um, because it's it's that kind of easy way out of just oh, he'll rip off the rubber mask, it's him underneath. Um, so I was, 
a little bit, I don't know what you say, disappointed or just kind of like, oh, um, a, a bit unimpressed by that reveal. Um, I do like having read the issue, uh, there is a little bit where there's a bit of a fracas towards the end. Um, where is it? It's, it's even, um, it's just before Xenos tries to make his uh, second assassination attempt on that foreign dignitary, on um, on on Trade Minister Sakata. Uh, but we see Gwen actually um, run away, check something out. Uh, here we go. It says, uh, In the crowd, two of those men, Detective Flint and Sergeant Gwen, conceal their concern better than most. Uh, it says, I see the Secret Service boys are here. Can't blame them. Not after last night. Uh, your side secure, Gwen? And then Sergeant Gwen goes, Yeah, uh, you know, I'll, I'll go check it out. Um, that was a nice, clever way to, to have him go and not be there, not be present when Xenos, who we now know is Sergeant Gwen, comes in in the rat suit. Uh, and really just, well, he kind of really botches his um, his assassination attempt. It's, I don't know, it's just pretty careless. It, it doesn't seem skilled or anything like that. And I guess this is what kind of makes this villain, for me, not that effective. Um, he He seems to be... Uh, Moon Knight would seem to be way above his league. You, you know, he, he's not a professional assassin. He's just haphazardly trying to shoot this guy. Um, and so Moon Knight should make light work of him. And, and he kind of does as well. I mean, there's a bit of a chase towards the end um, with with Moon Knight. And as I mentioned, uh, what happens is that the rat trap is um, is Xenos's or, or Sergeant Gwen's final undoing. But... Um, He's by no means uh, a, a formidable uh, enemy. The one thing I did find interest, interesting, and again, this is just so weird. I don't know. I don't know. I'd love to know what Doug Mensch's influence for this story is, or what kind of, you know, apart from the rat trap, if it is a rat trap, but what what it was that actually motivated him to to do to this. Because so towards the climax, when Moon Knight's fighting, um, chasing after Xenos. Sergeant Gwen, he gets attacked by the rats that are dressed as soldiers, and um, and he gets some goop, kind of um, smashed over him. Like uh, Gwen throws a jar of this goop on him. It's rat food. So Moon Knight gets attacked by a horde of rats. Uh, pretty scary. I mean, in reality, if you think about it, um, that would be a pretty frightening thing, especially if the rats are starved or hungry. Uh, they could have a mean bite. I'm pretty sure. Uh, but having said that as well, Moon Knight, although he isn't super-powered, he is a superhero. Um, I think eventually, inevitably, I think he would have no problems with these rats. But it was an interesting aesthetic, an interesting visual to see him uh, kind of combat these rats uh, and and Xenos at the same time. Uh, so with a little extra effort, he finally manages to to get all the rats. He just basically screams out, get off me, off me, off. Uh, and all the rats seem to go away. Um, but yeah, uh, so interesting, interesting bit of writing there. Another little interesting bit of writing for me, again, and again, it's it's kind of, I guess it gives off that creepy vibe. Um, so Doug Mensch has has we know I'm gonna call him Sergeant Gwen now because we know Xenos is Gwen has him dress the rats as soldiers. Um I just thought that's God, that's a bit weird. What is going on here? Uh it, it's the guy's obviously unhinged. Um 
so uh, and and but basically at the end of the day it wasn't used really to that much effect we we did see the horde of rats at the end maybe that was it maybe that was what this whole thing was building up uh but it just seemed i don't know i would have loved to have seen maybe maybe it's an art thing maybe um bill sinkevich uh show off the rats in their uniforms a bit more when they attack moon knight uh actually they're all seen as well apart from one rat they're all seen as basically like naked rats, if you know what I mean. They don't have any um, military attire on. So it's a bit... It was strange. I think it was just meant to give that unsettling vibe as to this guy and, and how mentally unstable he is. But um, but we'll see. Uh, yeah, anyway. Uh, another thing of writing, I can't forget this, and I think this is... Actually, I found this the, um, the most interesting out of this issue is that we see and and again it was um it was uh summarized in the the wiki quite well we see mark specter beginning to i guess struggle with his identities now is this issue is issue 15 the start of when mensch is starting to kind of crystallize or change retcon that idea that not only is moon knight or mark specter playing these characters in order to infiltrate and essentially go undercover um, as as different identities. But is issue 15, is this the start of when Mensch has gone, hmm, maybe it'd be interesting if he's actually literally struggling with with multiple identities, or what we later know, uh, have termed more recently as dissociative identity disorder. So we see from the outset that Moon Knight is, um, he's got a headache, and uh, and I didn't really pick up this before as well. I just thought, again, another random idea. Like, why has he got a headache? Maybe it's just just something to to give him a point of difference for the story. But it actually makes sense. He's struggling, uh, and although he admits to Marlene that he has left that kind of dark period behind, uh, he very much is struggling with um, with these identities. Um, it doesn't exactly say that. Uh, so what does it say in the? In the wiki, it mentions, um, uh, has him worried that a rogue personality may be acting outside his memory. I didn't actually grab that. I didn't get that from reading this. Um, so there's nothing to say that that is what has happened and that is why the headaches are there. But I like that take. Um, and, um, yeah, we, we don't see too much further... Um, about this the most significant for me really is um is this interaction he has with with Marlene and uh and anyway so he's he's got these headaches and stuff and uh he wants to go out anyway to you know to fight crime uh and it says here let me just read it out uh, still miffed Marlene nevertheless softens trouble Stephen only as moonlight grant lockley and specter are just fine thank you so so that was Mark saying he's um he's having a little bit of trouble as Moon Knight. Um, and Marlene says, I'm sorry, Stephen, I shouldn't be so selfish. I know the pressures you're under trying to be four different people. But you're not really having trouble again, are you? Psychological trouble. So she's identified it as uh, there's something a lot more going on um, with his identities. Um, we do see, like, I mean, earlier on as well, we do see uh, some psychological problems with uh with mark uh let me see if i can flick back uh it, i believe it was oh, i'm just gonna uh i was just say i was just gonna um 
it might have been issue three, I think three and four with with the Midnight Man. Uh, oh, or it could be. Oh my gosh, sorry, loonies. It could be the one a bit later. It's when he um, he goes a little bit uh, crazy when when the Conchu statue was destroyed, which I believe was before this, because I'm, I'm sure we've already covered it. Um, so, uh, yeah. So um, he had shown some psychological problems before, uh, uh, but it looks like that they may come out again. Um, so I'm just having a look here quickly, because uh, I've got my volume two. I'm pretty sure it's in here somewhere. Not 11... Uh, there we go. Uh, it's a 10. So we're looking about, um, yeah, so Moon Knight issues 9 and 10. That's when he gets really worried and kind of frantic that the Conchu statue is is destroyed because he has so much faith in it. I think he mentally crumbles a little there. That was when he was holding up that, that um, the skull, you know, when he was standing on top of that building. Um, anyway, so this is a first sign again, but it's more more so connected to his multiple personalities. Uh, so anyway, Mark continues and goes, "No, Marlene, I'm not. You helped me out of that that dark hole, and I'm st- uh, still standing on firm ground." But the thing that got me really was towards the end there, that last panel on the page. Sinkevich does really a, an inimitable panel there of just Mark's face uh, in kind of stark black, but just kind of icy blue and white, and he just softly says no. Um, so just preceding that, Marlene says, "Good, then hurry and dress." For the party, I know you're all right, Stephen. It's just Mark Spector I worry about, and sometimes Jake Lockley, even Moon Knight. I know it's silly, but I sometimes think you won't be able to keep them all under control, and that they'll do something to spoil what we've made for you. And then we get that kind of haunting panel of him just saying no. So I think it's a little bit of foreboding um, as to his mental state, uh, and it was very like it's very interesting. I think so. Th- that was a main I think interest that got me. Uh, in this issue, kind of delving a little bit into his psych, psyche. Uh, so, I mean, talking about themes, uh, the main one, I guess, would be uh, the the xenophobia from Xenos, uh, his hatred of foreigners. Uh, there also seems to be, because Moon Knight acknowledges it, that there's a parallel between um, himself and Xenos. I, I didn't really pick that up let me just um go back because i think even xenos in his monologue um uh yeah uh i was seeing if he no whether with xenos was um his actions were somehow parallel to mark's but i i don't really see that but mark moon knight does mention that uh uh, this, um, yeah, he, um, interesting, actually, this last epilogue. Uh, I'm going to read this one out as well, and it's basically one panel. Frenchie's scratching his head in the background, Mark in his Moon Knight costume, but he's kind of sitting down with Marlene, who's kind of reclining a bit on the sofa, And this is the epilogue. Mark says, Not that I ever actually believed I was the assassin, but, well, like a certain cop has said, any mind can go bad, and maybe in a way, I did do it. Um, We seem to be living in a nightmare these days. Maybe in a way, we all did it. A sobering thought. 
did what? <laughs> Sorry. Um, is it discriminate? Maybe. Um, yeah, I'm gonna say. I figured it was. Uh, I'm sorry, Gwen was a good man. I'd like to say. Uh, yeah, maybe, maybe um, go bad. So maybe he's um, like a sobering thought. And then Marlene says yes, but at least you have the strength and sense to admit something like that, Stephen. Even if we keep at it, maybe if we keep at it, keep trying, we'll all wake up someday soon. I think he's alluding to going bad. Um, so this might be showing Mark's guilty conscience again, maybe reflecting on his mercenary days, I, I, I'm imagining. Uh, it's a very strange... It's a very... It makes you think, this epilogue as well. It, it's kind of quite open to a lot of interpretation. Um, but I, I remember being a little kind of like, oh, this is, this is really kind of deep and I'm not sure what this was connecting or in relation to but I guess because the the previous two panels was about Moon Knight and Detective Flint talking about how um how Sergeant Gwen has gone bad and Moon Knight goes yeah I know all about that uh yeah but I, but I don't understand why Mark saying not that I ever actually believed I was assassin well but like a certain cop said, um, any mind can go bad, and maybe in a way I did do it. Like he didn't do it. Like he did. So anyway, the way I'm interpret interpreting it is that he has a guilty conscience of some sort. Uh, so yeah. So the writing, I think, as as um, thought provoking as it is, it can seem to be a little confusing that I found in this issue, uh, and maybe some of those ideas. As mentioned, that were picked up in Wiki. Um, they weren't. I really sound like a, a philistine. They weren't obvious enough. Um, they were very subtle, like that Indian woman. Because um, I'm going back to that point. I mean, which, it, yeah. Anyway, which is wrong because um, the the fact that she, it was called out that she was Indian does not in any way connect to Gwen's eventual disillusionment of Moon Knight, if that makes sense. Uh, so the writing, yeah, there's, it's um, it, it really weaves around. Um, so I do like Doug Mensch's writing, but sometimes it can get um, a little, yeah, a little bit inconsistent with some of the details. But there you go. Uh, anyway, where are we going to, where else is there? Because Xenos, uh, I've got other notes here, characterization Xenos is, is creepy, uh, as I mentioned before. Um, I think that was established with him dressing up the rats, with him being essentially a loner and having a basement, um, and, and dressing yeah, and dressing up as a rat, um, which incidentally is a a very good costume, looked very lifelike. He'd give Vermin a good run for his money, I think. Um, yeah. So as for references to other runs, the only one I could think of was the one that I mentioned. Um, so issues nine and ten of of. Uh, of Mark Spector Moon Knight's mental state. Uh, it's kind of come back again that there's some sort of fragility to it. Um, but other than that, uh, Detective Flint, perhaps, because he's popped up. Uh, he popped up early, I believe, uh, issue issue one, I believe, uh, and also uh, in oh, in the issue with, with Morpheus, issue 12, I'm going to say, potentially. Um, yep, yeah, so... I mean, that's not really a reference. It's just a, 
another time where you've seen that character. But I like Flint. I like Detective Flint. I think he's great. I liked him more when he kind of trusted Moon Knight a little bit more. But hey, he doesn't know him that well. So he's got to maybe um, be a little bit suspicious if he's going to do his job properly. Um, yeah, so anyway, loonies, I think that about wraps it up for me. Bit of a Ray Ramble there, but I'm hoping that kind of got into this issue. Uh, I'll just finally cap it off with, with art as well. Uh, we're, again, we're seeing the growth of Bill Sienkiewicz here. Um, I really like this art. It's very different from from other comic books, uh, other comic characters as well. I I did read... Um, it was part of the Clone Saga. It was Spectacular Spider-Man. I think it was 122. And it, it was amazing. It had um, it had Sal Buscema... Uh, but also Bill Sienkiewicz on breakdowns or on inks. And you could very much see it to be a Sienkiewicz uh, kind of artwork. Um, but it really was so different to see in a Spider-Man comic. I mean, albeit a darker you know, thing with the jackal and, um, and the clones and such. But it was really different. It gave off a really different vibe. Sienkiewicz was using all those techniques that he uses here with, with like the lighting, the glare of, um, of like the lamp or the use of those um, textured strokes um, across the face, similar to that panel that I mentioned, um, which was a foreboding of Mark just saying no, very kind of artsy kind of looking panels. Um, it was very different, and it reminded me of how unique, I guess, this Moon Knight run is, because um, Sienkiewicz's art outside of it, at that time, during this time, uh, just seems really not out of place. I mean, he can he can draw anything... Um, really really well but I guess he he has added so much to that tone of Moon Knight uh, that Doug Mensch has has kind of complemented with his writing um, so anyway so art here was great uh, there's one bit here is the second last page where Sergeant Gwen when he's about to bury the hatchet at the back of Moon Knight uh, there's a big snap and his eyes are just wide open when he steps on the on the rat trap um, there's a great, great bit of artwork there. Again, playing a lot around with, uh, with, with the layouts. Uh, the, um, I guess in this issue as well, no surprises around this time. Um, Sienkiewicz was was filling a lot of the page. Like we're talking about a lot of panels here, a lot of small, medium to, to small to medium sized panels. Um, not too much in the way of splash pages uh, the first page is just like one big splash page but apart from that other than that sorry we get uh, quite a few panels in there uh, and it, it opens up again the panels uh, with uh, when Moon Knight fights the policeman but once it gets to him as Jake Lockley as Stephen and we see uh, Xenos uh, the panels are I mean the pages are full I mean they're really good they really fill it out um, so I'm just wondering what the... I'm, I'm interested to know because there is a lot of thought in the panel layouts. I wonder what Sienkiewicz was going for here. Uh, a lot of it is very kind of linear, um, but we only get, again, which is no... I mean, it's it's not a um, a special technique by any means, um, but Sienkiewicz is... He only uses... Actually, the only angled panel he uses is when Moon Knight hits that left cross on Xenos towards the end and knocks him out. Uh, kind of gives it a bit of a, a, a dynamic kind of movement of his uh, his left cross. 
landing into the face of um, of Sergeant Gwen. Uh, yes, I really love the art. Um, the the uh, the colours were cool, uh, kind of very dark. Um, Xenos was was very earthy, just brown, uh, basically. But we see those those light glints that Sinkevich loves doing. So there's a uh, like a team of police officers there with their badges shining. Uh, you know, there's there's the flashlights here from Moon Knight, all all kind of synonymous with um, Sinkevich art. It's really cool, uh, and distinct faces to Sergeant Gwen, uh, and I wonder if if he's fashioned after someone in particular. He has very much an early '80s haircut, if I can say that. <laughs> anyway, uh, Loonies, I'm going to give this a rating now. I'm going to go. Mm, I'm just going to go the Connoisseur's rating system, but it's uh, pretty similar to the vanilla rating. I'm going to give this a 5.5 out of 10. Uh, half the moon, I would call it. Uh, it did have some interesting points in this, uh, some interesting ideas. And, and as I mentioned, um, the the main one for me, I guess historically for Moon Knight, is, is seeing this first idea of him uh, really starting to struggle with his um, his personal he's like multiple identities so uh an important issue in that respect uh as for the villain the villain was uh, um i think a little lackluster um uh, there are a lot better villains that that mensch has created during his run uh, a guy in the basement dressing up rats with army you know soldier clothes is uh, just a little too weird for me, I think. <laughs> um, but I admire Mensch for trying something absolutely random. Uh, and I did find, as mentioned, some of the writing, especially, say, that epilogue to be um, quite... Uh, just had me asking questions. It was very open-ended. It was a little a little ambiguous. Um, so I couldn't really make much of that. Um, but yeah, five and a half, I think, is, is a decent one. Um, let me know what you think, loonies, of this of this issue. Did you enjoy it? Did you hate it? Um, oh, which reminds me, for our nightlines, though, we did get some feedback. And I'd like to, to thank uh, Noel Looney Tunes Tate for this one. And uh, this was on our Facebook group. And Noel writes, uh, number 15, Frank Miller cover. Uh, one of the few of Volume 1 I don't own in floppies. Fun and frightening story and more evidence that Mensch was digging more into Moon Knight's DID than he admits. Yep, the artwork by our boy Billy is very Neil Adams but still dark and dynamic and has that Sienkiewicz thing. We will see a lot more in coming issues, absolutely. Uh, I love it when Jean-Paul and Marlene call Moon Knight by different names in the same panel. <laughs> yes, uh, very cool. Yeah, it's... um. I don't know whether there was some by, by mistake... As well, there are sometimes. Oh no, that was with the the um the spelling. But yeah, it's it's interesting that they all call him different things. Like Marlene likes prefers him, I think, as Stephen, uh, and Frenchie, I think, prefers him as Mark because that's where they kind of um, they bonded as mercenaries. So uh, everyone, you know, uh, views Mark in a different way, views Moon Knight in a in a different way, uh, and it was a nice touch there, especially with this introduction of his identities, maybe starting to get the better of him. Um, so, no, thank you, Noel. Uh, very cool. Uh, thanks for your thoughts. And, again, yeah, loonies, please, just uh, although I have given a rundown to this issue, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this issue. Uh, give it a read. It's readily available. 
Um, and uh, yeah, yeah, just let's keep the discussion going. Anyway, loonies, that will be it for me. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Uh, next phase, and I've actually put something out there already in our groups and on the social platform, it'll be episode 164. The phase of the moon will be a first quarter, and we're looking at Conchie's Relics. So Conchie's Relics is a segment that could really cover anything that isn't Moon Knight on film or in the comic books. Um, uh, and it could be actually Looney-centric as well. It could be about you, the Looney listeners, you, the Moon Knight fans. Uh, so I've put a call out there on Facebook um, and on Twitter and on Instagram as well. Uh, anyone who might be keen on having a chat with uh, with old Ray here, um, just uh, put your hand up, let me know, uh, and uh, let's see if we can make it happen. Um as well, as you can tell, I'm I'm Australian, so time zones will have to work out if uh, if you are from elsewhere. But I'd love to to have a chat with um, some of the fellow loonies, and um, I've had the great fortune of chatting with so many loonies so far as well, who um who I just uh, who I continue to to chat with, and um, I really enjoy um. I just really enjoy our discussions, so it'd be really good to to hear from any of the other loonies there. If you have been listening and you've ever thought of, hmm, um, I wouldn't mind coming on and and giving my thoughts, um, I'd love to either um, talk about and discuss your Moon Knight collection, if you have a substantial Moon Knight collection. Uh, If you have the Walgreens exclusive Moon Knight Marvel Legends figure, we could do an action figure review on that that would be cool i haven't got mine yet i'm still waiting i've got mine on the um i had mine on pre-order uh and uh at the moment it's still kind of on its way uh but you never know that could turn up soon it'd be nice to have it in front of me to actually go through the uh, the action figure but if you have it yourself and would like to um to give it a review yourself happy to to come on board and to um and to bounce off your your ideas on the action figure and uh and Finally, oh, actually, yeah, this is the other one, which I I know there are some loonies out there that do cosplay. Um, I don't believe I've had a cosplayer on. I came close once, um, so I know, Sparky, if you're listening, um, uh, we never did get to finish our <laughs> conversation, but uh, for any other loony listeners out there that, that do love cosplaying um, and want to come on and talk about it, I'm interested to know, you know, how you got into cosplaying, what it takes to to become a cosplayer, um, what it takes to 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 build or make your own costume. I think some of the costumes are phenomenal. Uh, so yeah, so again, put your hand up um, and contact me uh, if you can, if you want, um, through some of our social media platforms, which I will get to in a second. <laughs> um, I've just got to round out this episode with our last um, spectacle again to our sponsors. So as mentioned at the top of the show please consider um, our Patreon page, patreon.com slash Knight. There's plenty of incentives there. I just dropped uh, the latest digest, the, the digest for September through to a bit of October. Uh, it has uh, It's chock full of previews, so you kind of get to know uh, what's up ahead uh, for the next five or six episodes, uh, plus you know what's in the works for our audio drama serial, which is still going, loonies. Uh, we have episode 13 coming. Hopefully I can get that out by the end of September. Uh, it's been a hoot. Uh, we're edging towards the end of the first season for that audio drama. Um, but yeah, uh, the Digest has stuff like that. It has stuff, um, news on the Patreon front, 
Uh, also, what else? Um, oh, the, the, the news on our involvement in the Fantasy Comic League. A big shout-out to Brian there, Brian Bradley running the uh, Fantasy Comic League. Um, it's uh, we've got a division there, believe it or not. Um, if you want to, if you want in, uh, um, just let me know as well. Uh, the the season has started, but uh, you could win yourself a trade paperback of choice, um, all for just um, choosing your your draft team of superheroes. Uh, so a whole heap of that um, are articles on Paint Monk Library, which uh, chronicles Moon Knight's uh, Moon Knight's comic book journey uh, from nineteen seventy five onwards. Uh, so it's all there in the digest, but plus also you get bonus episodes. Uh, I recently released an exclusive just under two-hour chat that both Phil the Drop King and myself had with Terry Kavanagh and Howard Mackey, only available for Patreon members there. So yeah, plenty to check out um, if you do. Uh, I love you if you don't, and I love you if you do. I love you if you're listening, so thank you. <laughs> so thank you. Also, as mentioned, sponsored by Hello Headphones. If you use the code ITKMOONNIGHT, in their promo code, you'll get 10% off their online store. So go grab your headphones at 10% off. Uh, similarly, on Dreamland Comics, if you use the code MOON in their promo code, you'll get 20% off any of the back issues that you order through them. And they've got a wide range of back issues. Um, those guys there are super, are really good. So go check them out if you can. Uh, we're affiliate members of Entertainment Earth, so see if you can get your action figures through there. Just click the link on our show notes, and and we'll get a little bit of that to help prop up the show as well. But um, uh, yeah, hopefully, hopefully there'll be some discounts there. There are, I know. I think the Ant Man and Wasp uh, Ghost and um, damn it, I can't remember his name. Uh, the funny dude, um, the offsider to Scott Lang. Anyway, that's on that's on discount. There's a lot of discounts on Entertainment Earth. Go check it out. Um, well worth your your um, your eyes. <laughs> and finally, we are part of the collective. Um, look, we're still going strong. There are plenty of great shows out there, like The Signal of Doom by Dave Finn, um, straight from the swamp, doing well. I noticed there was a return of of Natasha there, so a lot of great conversations. Um, also, as mentioned as well, I'll, I'll give him a shout out again. The Capes and Lunatics, Capes and Lunatics sidekicks. So big shout out there to Phil, the likes of Lilith, Lilith, Malcolm, Lilith, Matt, Will, uh, Charlie, you know Tyler, uh, you know James. They're all doing great. And, uh, Kristen as well. Uh, fantastic stuff. There's a bit of something for everyone. Uh, TV shows, comic books, you name it. Just comic news. These guys are good. They're heaps of fun. Uh, and uh, I urge you to, to give them a good listen. Or I think uh, EMP, Earth's Mightiest Podcast, the boys over there, they do some great work. Again, they also do stuff on Avengers, X-Men or Deadpool as well, so um, great banter from them. Uh, yeah, um, episode in, episode out. Anyway, so as mentioned, you can uh, you can email me at itkmoonnight at gmail.com or you can contact me on Facebook, uh, our page and group, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Discord, Get Vocal, on our website, um, through Patreon or on the Podchaser as well. As well, you can contact um, the show anywhere through that. And uh, yeah, yeah, like I said, if you if you're keen to show off your wares as a Moon Knight collector or as a Moon Knight cosplayer, or if you want to review that action figure, let us know and uh, we'll make it happen. Um, yeah, so uh, thanks once again, loonies. I'm gonna. I'm gonna bail, get out of here. Um, enjoy your week. Uh, by the oh, by the time this comes, it's 
you know, over half the week's gone. So hopefully this will drop off um, to you, for US listeners, around around Wednesday evening, I would, I'd imagine, Wednesday afternoon. Um, I hope you're enjoying your week, hump day, um, and just keep on listening to great, uh, great podcasts. Keep on listening to some of the collective members. They're really good as well. And I'll sign off by saying, as always, may Conchi watch over the denizens of the night. Catch you later. and affiliated characters, stories and events are properties of Marvel Characters Incorporated. Materials used and discussed within the podcast are intended for critique and review purposes only under the fair dealing concept of the current Copyright Act. The views, information or opinions expressed during the podcast are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of the copyright owners.